coming for you, Barbara. Hey Divas, I'm Sydney Hampton, a Louisville, Kentucky-based drag queen, horror hostess, and most recently, the host and editor of Really Queer, an LGBTQ movie podcast. Each episode, I'm joined by a guest who co-hosts with me as we discuss the queer themes, tropes, and the characterizations, for better or worse, of some of our most beloved films, from masterpieces to cringy guilty pleasures. Today, I am joined by Kat from the TGIF podcast. Hi, Kat. Hey, how are you going? I'm good. How are you? I am. I am really awesome. Stunning. <laughs> so, uh, tell us about tell us about your podcast, TGIF. Um. Yeah. So, I'm a horror movie podcast host, uh, TGIF. Uh, meaning, thank God it's Friday because in my home, Friday night was movie night. So we'd hire a whole bunch of movies, never horror, because my dad was a scaredy cat. So it wasn't until my late teens to early twenties that I really got into horror. So I'm a bit of a late bloomer. And I basically have people on the show every week. They choose a horror movie and we talk about it. So, yeah, we go through all the different tropes, techniques used, why we like the the stuff that they do in the film, why we don't. Um, and it's just an absolute blast. We just laugh our way through the whole movie, even if it's terrified us. I've been uh, We I did a guest spot with you uh, for Scream 2 a couple of weeks, months. I don't know. It's 2021. <laughs> yeah. So a long time it feels like then. Okay, yeah. But um yeah, it's very cute. So if you if you haven't already, go check it out. What's your website? Um, I'm just on Spotify and Apple at the moment. I don't really use a website and it's just under TGIF. Uh yeah, and that's me on Instagram and Twitter as well. So it's quite easy to find. Yeah. Want to have a look? For whatever reason, I was thinking that you had a website because of the domain, but I think that it's just. An email oh, I just domain, use it for so. my email. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I don't know anything about websites. As as we've talked before, I don't know. I don't know anything about anything that's going on. I just I just blindly get through this, and I'm it. I'm lucky to get it. Yeah, I'm lucky to get the episodes posted. So <laughs> I'm right there with you. So we are talking today about Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes. So tell me a little bit, because whenever I, I said, uh, I, I don't know if I gave you a list of movies or if I just told you to find one. I think I wanted to use your one. format. Yeah, I wanted <laughs> your format because I was like, this will be cute to like, uh, just pick a, just, you know, not specifically do like a horror movie um, or like, you know, one of my, I have a long list of movies that I eventually want to cover. And I was like, since she just had me come on and I just picked one, I'm going to do the same for her. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, was it uh, Scott Pilgrim? Um, it's just a movie that I have been utterly obsessed with since before I can even remember. This movie came out when I was turning 21. Um, I'd read the comic book series beforehand. And yeah, so when it got turned into a film, I was like, fuck yes. I love this. I I was a Michael Cera fan. <laughs> what bisexual girl isn't <laughs> i was just about to say that's big time bisexual energy <laughs> i actually saw a tweet the other day and it was like ask any bisexual woman who their male and female hollywood uh celebrity crushes are and they'll give you a drop dead gorgeous woman and michael mm-hmm. cereal <laughs> yep 
every time I saw that and it was like uh it was like they're always like drop dead, big titty, gorgeous, black hair usually, um, striking features, great eye makeup, and then Michael Cera or someone who, <laughs> who who gives off the energy that Michael Cera gives uh, off, which is Jesse like Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, that was one of them too. And I was like, actually he's very handsome. <laughs> Michael Cera is just so mediocre in appearance. I don't know what yeah. it is. I don't I don't I don't really get it either, but I again Jesse Eisenberg for me. So maybe yeah. it's different different cut of the cloth or whatever. <laughs> just all the same man, really. He was in, um, he was in the, uh, Berenstain, he did a Berenstain Bears TV show. I was looking at his Wikipedia the other day, um, and he was the voice of one of the, one of the bears. What? Yeah. Of the Berenstain Bears. And I had those as a kid, so. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, I went through his, um, I was like, well, let me see if I can find any fun facts. And it was like one of the first things I read. And I was immediately like, "Huh, weird." Doesn't have anything to do with the with the movie, but I thought it was I thought it was weird. My so face right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I still have those on VHS. I think at my parents' house. Wow. I had a bunch of those. I mean, still but, um, mediocre, but <laughs> yeah, still mediocre. But I was like, "Oh, he's been working since he was a little kid." Wow, so that's cute. I just remember Michael Sarah in Juno, and that was enough for me. I was just like, oh, uh, love of my life. Love Juno. Yeah, that's a great movie. Oh, damn it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've, I have I have notes about Juno uh, a little bit throughout talking about Scott Pilgrim, because oh. the, um, so um, before, I guess before I get into all of that, um, this film, you've probably already seen it, but it stars, um, Michael Cera as Scott Pilgrim, um, and Ramona Flowers is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, it's got a great cast. Um, it's got Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick. Um, oh, who who's who's Marvel? Brie Larson. Marvel. Brie Larson. Thank you. I don't know why I forgot her. She's <laughs> like the main focal point of this movie for me. Um, about. Well, the, the story is kind of weird for me to describe. Um, boy dates girl. She's a high schooler. He's 23. Ick. Uh, yeah. He <laughs> breaks up with her because he finds her of flowers to be, like, I don't know, intoxicating or something. Um, and then has to face off against Ramona's seven evil exes um, in some video, video game Street Fighter style combat. Um, yeah, that's the gist of the movie. So I think the highlight for this, for me, um, is the dialogue. I think it's really well-written, quippy dialogue. I would kind of, I I could kind of almost liken it since coming off of talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, how they they like to do like quippy one-liners and stuff. You can kind of liken it to that, but definitely more of a Juno, Juno breed. Where it's, it's like yeah. every sentence is a joke and it always lands. Yeah. It's just the one-liner, like, quotable script. And that's, yeah, I think, why quotable. I really love the writing in this, the, the script. Yeah. 
So how long had it been since you watched that? I'm assuming that you watched it recently for the pod, but before that, how long had it been? Oh, God. I was with my ex-boyfriend when I watched this last, and that was six years ago. Six and a half years ago. So I just didn't watch it because it reminded me of him. And now that I've been through therapy, which I recommend for everyone, I'm enjoying things again. So it was nice to watch it. I cracked up. Absolutely lost my shit just thinking like while I was watching it being like oh my god I forgot how fucking awesome this movie is I love the I love 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 the visual styling of this I wish that there were more movies like this yeah well, with some of the like you know maybe a little bit more PC but you know generally I do yeah I really like the combination that they have of digital and physical media throughout it, that we have all these really cool um, comic book style visuals and they also add just so much humour to the situation as well and the different um, environments that Scott's in with each of the exes and it's just really such a great example of how those two different types of media can be integrated for visual effects. Mm Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, and it, it's got the nostalgia factor too. Like in the first few minutes of the film, I whenever I heard the Legend of Zelda um, music, I was immediately like, there it is. That's why I love this movie. Because I was watching, like as I was watching it, I was, I was nervous because um, I hadn't seen it in a long time. And before I watched, I uh, went online to see, like I always check to see if other podcasts have covered something a whole bunch. Um, so that I can kind of make sure I don't hit the same beats that they do. And um, luckily I didn't find too, too many, um, at least in the, that looked exclusively or explicitly like queer review podcasts or whatever. Um, But I was watching and I was a little nervous because they kind of set the expectation that it might be a little bit of one of those um, things that you, you loved as a teen and then you went through adulthood a little bit and you're like, yikes. Yeah, Um, well, having watched this as an adult when it first came out, I was not in the yikes part yet, mainly because, you know, I was only 2021. And so I hadn't really garnered much of a wide world view of things. And when I watch it now, a lot of it can be yikes. um, But I know it's yikes. Yeah, it it helps you going into it to know. And also, I don't think that this, I don't think that this movie was explicitly trying to, um, I don't think that it was trying to use those yikes moments in a malicious way. No. They're just, yeah, I don't think that this movie had malice, like, like intent to be bad in those ways. Um, Yeah. I think it just didn't, I think, and it, it was a, 2010 was a very different time for, pop culture um yeah (laughs) not giving it a pass you know we have to look at them objectively from a lens of today but um i also acknowledge that this was made in a time and that's probably why a lot of us didn't pick up on those things because that wasn't something that was on our radar yet yeah definitely it wasn't something that we would have explicitly understood either yeah now i can hear something and immediately like it goes through my my brain as like I have to look at it, pick it apart, make sure that, you know, cause it's, it's something about it. I think it's, it's probably like whenever you reprogram your brain to acknowledge your privilege, it's very yeah. similar. We do the same thing with the, with the things that we 
um, absorb in the day-to-day to, like, determine if that's harmful. Um, and I think that's a responsible thing to do, but it's not something that we were doing in 2020, uh, 2010. So. Oh, definitely not. I um, When I rewatched this earlier this week, I even went... Um, because, like, obviously... Uh, I was able to notice a few things where I was like, oh, that's a little bit problematic for me. So I did mm-hmm. go and research and read a lot of articles written from, you know, minority uh, journalists and critics about why they believed that these certain things were problematic and are problematic. And that helps me be empathetic towards those kinds of situations as well. And it's really important that we just continue to educate ourselves through other perspectives the ones that matter to this stuff not like a white dude who you know is a critic on rotten tomatoes yes and then that's something (laughs) else too i think that um this movie lends itself to or i guess lends the bit lends itself to the movie is that a lot of the people who enjoy this movie from what i can from what i've gathered appear to be minorities of some kind yeah um there are plenty of like Asian e-girls, for example, who love and identify with this movie, yeah. despite it as, you know, as a, as a, uh, white assigned male at birth person. I mean, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to hear that like the, the, um, whenever he calls her Kung Pao chicken, I heard yeah. that. And I was immediately like, and I don't, no, I didn't, ask, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not in, interacting with these people, but I, they, they enjoy the movie enough to stay in it, so I'm assuming that they've made peace with or don't care um, yeah. a lot of the time. So not that, not that they all, you know, anybody speaks for everybody, but... Yeah, um, absolutely. I feel like it's a movie that has gotten enough of a pass to at least be able to still be enjoyed, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's um, definitely aged well, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And it looks, I mean, it looks, uh, yeah, a few of the hiccups, the movie, the movie looks, sounds great. That soundtrack. The soundtrack is spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. And with the exception of Chris Evans, everybody looks about the same. Anna Kendrick hasn't aged. Oh, I Uh, know. I don't think Michael Sarah's aged. I haven't seen him in a minute, but I don't think he's aged. Uh, Brie Larson has barely aged and... Mm -hmm. Aubrey Plaza. In the best ways. Aubrey Plaza, same same person. Like, uh, but um, Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans filled out. Yeah, he definitely he, he looks different. And it's only been what uh, twelve years since it came out. Eleven years. Yeah, eleven. It was uh twenty ten. Yeah, I mean July twenty ten. Look, he gets a pass because he's Captain America. Oh, he gets, yeah, he definitely gets a pass for being Captain America. Because he I looks hot him. in that suit. Beautiful, 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 beautiful human being. <laughs> this cast is hot. I know. I think, <laughs> I think Kieran Culkin is damn fine. I love his character the most out of anyone in this movie besides young Neil. <laughs> I don't know why young Who Neil. Who plays but... young Neil? Uh, Johnny Simmons. I don't think He looked really familiar. Him. I'm going to have a look because he, I feel like he's been in things that we'd be like, what? Jennifer's body. That's right. Yes. He's chill. Jennifer's body. Yep. Jennifer's body, perks of a wallflower. Um, but Jennifer's body, most, mostly. That's, that's where I knew him from. <laughs> I could not place him. I was like, 
this man looks so familiar. Who is this man? Yeah, I always forget because they came out like quite close in mm-hmm. like releases. I mean, a couple of years or, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, so I remember seeing him and being like, oh, he's so hot in Jennifer's body. <laughs> and then again in Scott Pilgrim, I was like, oh, this is excellent. <laughs> he's also in um, 21 Jump Street, apparently. What? I don't remember that. I don't, I don't remember that. He he has a, like, in a, a, a short time span, he was in a lot between 2006 and 2013. Like, in a lot. Oh, wow, um, yeah. He was in Boogeyman 2 as well. He was in Hotel for Dogs. I love that movie. I haven't heard of that. <laughs> Wait, have I heard of that? Yes, I have. <laughs> Who is that girl? I don't Who know. Who is this girl? Who are you? Oh, it's Emma, Emma Roberts. Roberts. You're oh fucking kidding. You're kidding me. She got her okay. start in Hotel for Dogs. That's also, amazing. Johnny Simmons and I are birthday twins along with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Ah. Winstead. Which order is it in? <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm trying to find... There we go. I clicked out of it for a second, but, um, so Mary Elizabeth Winstead, November 28th, which is whenever, okay, so yeah, she was in, uh, Death Proof and Black Christmas, and I I don't recognize her from either of those. Final Destination 3? That's with Jason Statham, isn't it? Death, Death Proof? I believe. No, that's Death Race. Take all of that back. (laughs) <laughs> death proof had um rose mcgallan yeah yeah <laughs> it was released i think around the same time as planet um planet terror yeah yeah it was that's one of um death proof is is a friend of mine's like one of her favorite movies we were trying to so we're trying to plan a birthday for my friend where we're going to rent out the theater um, so that we can socially distance, but still have like a small gathering. Um, and we wanted to get a Blu-ray copy of Death Proof. Um, but it's very, very hard to find and very, very expensive really? when you do find it. Yeah. Wow. Because um, like... the theater only runs, they don't do DVD. They said they only do Blu-ray, wow. which I didn't think was a thing. Cause I thought all Blu-ray players play DVDs, but what the fuck do I know? I'm not a techie. I know nothing, but um, it's really easy to get on Blu-ray here. Maybe because like nobody else buys it, and then it'd just be me. Maybe I'm gonna try and see if I can find a copy of it later. Just just like look at like Barnes and Noble and stuff. That's where I found that, or I found Michael found me a copy of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. Oh wow! Um, I could not find it anywhere. Whenever I did find it, it was like thirty five dollars. He found it for like ten on Barnes and Noble. Well. What yeah, the last the last place I would have looked would have been Barnes and fucking Noble, and it was there. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't look there. Yeah, I mean it's a bookstore, you know. I think books and uh, like books and like children's games, like vid- not not video games, like children's like toys, like I think a smart shit, not fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> the next generation of all of them too, the dumbest one out of all of them. I was gonna say, isn't that the least like one out of all of them? Uh, unfairly so yes yeah i actually am a texas chainsaw next gen stan i'm probably its biggest fan um, <laughs> but that's what i just... Matthew mcconaughey isn't it yep 
Yeah, no, and my partner likes that one. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's 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 chaos. It's co- it's total chaos from start to start to finish. But one of my favorites. I think it's, I think it's, I think it knows exactly what it is, and it, it is consistent throughout the entire movie, like, with um, with knowing what it's trying to do, what it's going to do successfully, and what it's not going to do successfully. It's going to drive that into the ground. Like, there are the, there are these long monologues that uh, McConaughey gives. And I, I live for every minute. And I hate, I hate, I hate Matthew McConaughey. Oh, really? Yes. I think he is, I think he's so annoying. <laughs> and I don't find him attractive. I, I oh, think I my problem is that everybody thinks he's so handsome. And I'm oh, like, really? he's oh. not handsome. He's like, people in America go, sh- go sh- crazy. Like, my mother-in-law thinks that he's so sexy. Oh my God, it's all straight like, his women. Voice. Yes, it's always fucking straight women. <laughs> and I hate his voice. I hate it. He was really good in Dallas Buyers Club. I really I did hear that, that he was. Yeah, I did hear that he was good in that. I haven't watched it mostly because he's in it, but <laughs> I should give it a shot. But Jared Leto's in it. I don't like Jared Leto either. Oh, I think, okay. he's, I think, I think he's very cute. Oh, I don't I find like, him attractive. I just think he's a good actor. <laughs> I think Jared Leto's very cute. He's he's a fine actor. I think that he. Um, I feel like he got in trouble. Yeah, for the cult thing. The cult thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I haven't, <laughs> Look, I haven't seen it. I that cult in a heartbeat. Oh, I, I love a cult. Are Ugh. you kidding? Me and Jake had a whole conversation about this and I had to, I had to take it out, but we were talking about how well I think I would do in a cult. Do you reckon you just like, lead in? Do I think I would lead the cult? I don't no, know. That would in. be like, you'd just be like, oh, lean in. Yeah. No, I I would, uh, if, if I, there was someone who was charismatic enough, I feel like I would be their right hand. <laughs> I do. I think I would Absolute, climb the ranks like, hype person for it. <laughs> hype person. I am a very good hype. I'm a, I'm a maternal hype man. Like, I will make sure that they are taken care of. And um, Also, you're the mom as like, well. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're going to, they're going to be, I'm going to, like, tell them that they're awesome. Tell them that they're amazing. Uh, but also, like, ground them just in enough reality <laughs> but it's a cult so it's it's like a weird it would be like a weird dynamic but i would be like trying to explain to them why i think that this one crazy thing that they're doing is probably not a good idea but encouraging them to do the other crazy things i don't know <laughs> i just feel like i would i feel what, like i would fit it's into more a probable. <laughs> yes i just join because then i don't have to make decisions for myself i hate making decisions Ugh. yeah that would be really nice too oh, just tell me what to do just Give me a uniform, send me off. I'm done. <laughs> I feel like the uni- I feel like the uniform would be a hard sell for me, but only only mentally because I think I'm an individual and then in practice I'm like right now like every day I wear the same bathrobe. I wear sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. And a stretchy athletic t-shirt from Amazon. <laughs> so you really like are wearing day. the same thing anyway. Yeah. Like I don't I don't I don't, I think it's just in my brain. I'm like, I hate uniforms. I'm an individual. And then I'm like, actually, babe, you're not. <laughs> yeah, that's, I just, I loved being at school because I just got up every day. I didn't have to go through like the mental Olympics that I would to have to choose something to wear. It's just we had, um, we were allowed to wear a select number of colors of shirts. Um, and one of them was orange. Ugh. Yeah, 
but we weren't allowed to wear, um, I think, yellow or blue. What? Or red. But we could wear almost any other color. That's so weird. I don't think you were allowed to wear pink. I feel like the... I feel like we weren't allowed to wear pink. I wore an orange shirt. I got five orange shirts, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> and I would wear my orange shirt every day and objection to having to wear a uniform. Because I thought, what color is worse than orange? Uh, my university sent out, like, a welcome pack. And one of the things is an orange shirt with the logo on the front. And I was just like, the university's color isn't even orange. It's red. I don't know why anybody would purposefully choose orange. I don't know. I wear it to the gym because at least, like, only a select few people will see me in that color. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can, I can like, athletic wear is always really, really um, bright and has, like, these crazy patterns and stuff. Like, the Lululemon-like stuff is what I think oh, of whenever God, I think yeah. of athletics. Yeah. All the different patterns and, like, the cutaways on the bras and shirts and I'm like just give me a t-shirt just too many decisions (laughs) I want the um so I mean obviously you've probably seen that crop tops are making a comeback yes I really want them to make a a comeback because the athletic wear paired with crop tops like that 80 like that 80s like vibe would be so cute yes I love aerobics I if I get... work out, I'm doing low impact aerobics, period. It's lots of That's fun. That's my gig. It's just relaxing, I think. <laughs> I have the uh, Jane Fonda. Um, I think I bought it. I remember I saw it one day and I'm pretty sure I bought it. It's a Jane Fonda uh, workout record. What? Like a, a record. item now. And well, it was in. I, I bought it from. If I, I'm pretty sure I bought it, unless I talked myself out of it because I don't need it. Um, but if I did buy it, it was from the. Uh, we have this this store here in Kentucky, um, and it's like a. It's called the Peddler's Mall. It's like oh, a like flea a, market kind yeah. of. Yeah, and um, it was from one of those booths that has like all of these banged up records, and was, I I remember I saw it and I got really really excited because I was like no fucking way people used to work out to like just the sound of someone telling you what to do and like the sound of working out that's crazy i love this idea but yeah if i I, if i did get it i never used it which doesn't surprise me at all because i'm not a person who does things no me neither yeah i'm just like oh why would i do that but yes this was the i don't even know how we got here do you remember Uh, how we got here no Chris Evans. No, okay. Chris Evans. Okay. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like it was a boy. The boy <laughs> led me astray. What a surprise. Um, so the, like, as we've already, we've, since we've talked about a little bit of the um, problematic elements of this movie already, uh, I'm going to jump into the plot. Yeah. So uh, this is a Canadian film uh, taking place in Toronto um, with, from what I understand, actual, like actual clubs used and named oh cool. um yeah it was based on a book series uh, of the same name um i think it's actually just scott pilgrim in the book series but still same name yeah because there's um, like a whole um omnibus of yeah books. 
so Scott Pilgrim is a bassist for a uh, garage band called Sex Babam, um, and he is dating high school student Knives <laughs> Chow, who is seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, and his his friends and bandmates um, are you know obviously disapproving of this. Um, but not for the reasons that you would think, I don't think. I think that mostly they were just kind of like annoyed that he had a girl around. Yeah, um, rather than the fact that she's in high school. Yeah. I think that his ex-girlfriend uh, was kind of, you know, kind of over it. But um, yeah, it's just, it's it's fine. I think that was Kim, right? Kim yeah, Pine. the drummer. <laughs> yeah, the drummer. Yeah. So she's, she's just, excellent. you know, she's. She's very, she hits all of those beats really well too, um, as she's kind of like reading him for it. Um, and she's like very quippy and kind of quiet. But um, so he meets uh, a Amazon driver or Amazon delivery girl, I should say, uh, Ramona Flowers, after having seen her in a dream first. Um, he sees her and he's immediately enamored with her. He loses interest in knives, but does not break up with her and starts chasing after Ramona. Um, They play a Battle of the Bands uh, event, and it's being hosted, or not really hosted, but I guess sponsored by uh, Gideon Graves. And Scott is attacked by Ramona's ex-boyfriend, Matthew Patel. Um, Pause. This scene... (laughs) When I watched this, I hated every second of this oh, Matthew so Patel crazy. song. Okay, so I don't, don't forget that uh, before this happens, um, Scott Pilgrim is at his computer and he's reading an email from Matthew Patel saying... Oh, that's like, right. And he's like, oh, this is... And it's like swapping between him and Wallace and he's like, this is what? And he's like, this is boring delete it and just like deletes the email and so when Matthew Patel shows up he's like didn't you get my email and Scott's like what email yeah because he like tries to warn him about the confederation or whatever it's called like, is it the confederation the... I don't know I don't but remember like what they call I'm themselves. coming after you and you're gonna have to fight me and you know blah 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 and it's just so good the um the whole like the whole thing with Patel because Patel's not in it for very long. Obviously, he's the first yeah. of the seven. Um, but his he's definitely very memorable. Um, yeah, mostly because of the that that little song and dance number thing. <sighs> I watched it and I was like, I remember this and this is and mind you, first time watching it after a long time. I was like, I feel like I enjoyed the music a lot more before. Yeah. Um, of course, it gets a lot better after that. But I just thought the scene was just—I wasn't prepared for it. I feel like the movie jumped in pretty quickly to the ex's plotline and fighting, yeah. which is needed because there's seven of them. You know, it's yeah, a small feat by any. Get through them. I um I put my head inside of my t-shirt when I watched this scene. So. <laughs> yeah, it's very secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, I was just like, this could have been left out completely like the just the dance number like the fight was really cool yeah uh, the fight was great the uh like ramona flowers because she explains each of the exes to the audience 
and the viewer and whatnot. And I love that they cut it in with like comic book strips. And that looks really yeah. awesome. I love that. But that dance number with um, his demon hipster chicks, very secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, it's it was a lot to deal with as I was watching. And Michael was watching too. And he was like, what is this? He yeah. hated it. Like, from oh, start yeah. to, like the parts that he watched, he did not enjoy it all. Um, oh, no. So, yeah, but he eventually, like, he wasn't watching anymore. So, um, yeah, he just did not. He was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, it's it's one of the evil exes. And, like, trying to explain. He's like, no, but what is it? And I was like, why? oh, yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. It's more like, why is it? Why, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so after this little this little fight or whatever, Scott defeats him. Um, and... Which is yeah, and a knockout, which is, it was a very, like, the choreography of, of these fight scenes, and I'll get, like, I'll continue to talk about the choreography of these, because it's spectacularly well done. Yeah. Um, and it's very involved, too, which I'm sure the actors, most of the actors, if not all of them, probably didn't do a lot of their own stunts, but they did a really good job of, if, if that's the case, they did a really good job of transitioning uh, to make it not appear that that's somebody else. So I thought that was really good. The directing of the direction of this movie is like, like spectacular. Yeah. I'm a really big fan of Edgar Wright. So um, I don't know if anyone else has seen the Cornetto trilogy, which is, um, you'll be surprised. It is Shaun of the Dead. um, Oh, wow. And the, the pub at the end of the world's end or something. I haven't seen that one too much, so that's why I can't remember it. So that's the um, Cornetto trilogy that Edgar Wright had put together, where um, uh, what are their names? Oh, my God, Nicholas Frost and uh, Simon. I can't remember his last name. Doesn't matter, but moving on. Um, They are in each of the films, and they're different characters, but there's something in each of the films that link the other, like link them all together. So. Oh, I love when they do that. Yeah, and I believe it is a Cornetto, like an ice cream, which I don't know if the States have those, but they're very popular in the UK and Australia. I haven't heard of it before, but we also yeah. might have a different name for it because we, yeah. we love to name things other things. We like to be different, you know, individuals. We just like to be, we just like to be different. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, Scott defeat, defeats Patel, and Ramona's revealing that she's got six other evil exes that he also has to defeat. What um, I really like about this is that Scott will be like, you know, seven evil ex-boyfriends, and she's like, yeah. seven, seven evil exes. Repeat, yeah. And, and, and yeah. he, like, she's making it very clear to him early on, <laughs> like, exes. And he's like, whatever. He's and like, ex-boyfriends. Yeah, and he, she looks, like, progressively more annoyed yeah. up to the point that we run into, um, not Natalie, uh, Roxy? Roxy, yes. Roxy, yes, we, the ninja. We, it's um, Lucas Lee first, because they they decided they're going to date, but obviously he still hasn't broken up with Knives until, like, this point. And this is something I also find really problematic, is that they kind of made a casual joke about the fact that he's leading on basically both of these girls. Yeah, no, he's a dick. He's a through, total yeah. dick. I love all the characters around him, 
And then there's him, who's just an asshole. I thought it was a weird choice to have the protagonist be such a douchebag. But I kind of enjoyed like, that they I had that. Yeah, I mean, I can. I mean, obviously, like it's, it makes sense for your protagonist to have something that they have to grow from. You know, that's the point of the protagonist is they they have to overcome something. Yeah. But um, he has to overcome his personality. Yeah. <laughs> which is a lot for me to like to like deal with. I'm like. He's a dick. And he's he terrible really to women. He's and the majority wrong. of the fan base of this movie, too, is women. So, I don't know. Maybe there's yeah. a leak here. Maybe they're just all obsessed with Ramona instead, like I am. I think it's, I think it's probably mostly that they're, they're just really into... Uh, the, and we'll get, to, we'll get to it, but I gotta say, the highlight, the highlight of this movie being the soundtrack and like the, the visuals... The, the whole scene with her where she starts singing um, the metric song oh, is very, yeah, is very in my bones. sexy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just the female cast of this is, I think, makes up for a lot of the shortfalls in the male casting, obviously beside Wa- besides Wallace, because Wallace is just, I love like the dialogue between him and Scott where he's like, oh, you know, Wallace gossipy bitch. And the fact that they sleep in a bed together and, you know, um, Wallace is obviously in a polyamorous kind of relationship with not only um, other Scott, but also um, Anna Kendrick, who plays Scott's brother, uh, her boyfriend. (laughs) So... Yeah, I noticed that too, and I was like, "Oh, okay, so we're just gonna we're just because I didn't catch that whenever I watched it before that I remember," yeah. um, and I was just immediately like, "Oh, okay, this movie seems very like sex positive for its time." Yeah, absolutely. And for me, Ramona Flowers was the first bisexual character that I had seen in a big pop culture hit movie, and that yeah. meant so much to me. I was just like, "Holy shit!" They made a bisexual character. What, what the? Are you what? This went to the movies. People saw this at the movies. People know. And it's, <laughs> and it's a it's a good representation too because yeah. she for the for the most part she's had like. Whenever we meet Ramona, right? She's this um, this like eccentric, uh, you know, different kind of girl or whatever. She looks very bi. I'll just say that she looks. Oh, yeah. She like I could pick her out of a I could pick her out of a crowd. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like she just looks really cool. Um, and she's throughout her throughout the movie, we see her for whatever reason she's she is she's into Scott. I don't I can't explain it, but whatever. But throughout the movie we see that she kind of will re- like repeatedly take up for herself in small in small ways. And then eventually she just kinda has enough and she's she's done. Yeah. But the thing that I didn't like about that, and I'm skipping ahead a bit, um, is that whenever she ends things with Scott, um, you know, I'm thinking that she's, you know, homegirls finally got her her shit together. She's like not going to date this creep, but it's only because she's got a chip in her neck yeah. and she's being controlled by another man. Yeah. So, which for the narrative purposes, you know, they're following the book, so it's it's not it's not a huge deal. It's just I would have I like her a lot. And I think that she is a very interesting character, especially given the way that she's handled. Like she's she's got a string of ex of ex of exes who are 
um, you know, kind of assholes. Yeah. And in the past, she's been an asshole too, but she's yeah. growing from it and she's just trying to run away from her problems. But now her problems are back in her face and she can't move on unless her, the person she's trying to move on with defeats all of her exes and kills them. And it still doesn't Which, do anything. Yeah. She's still got the same issues that she had before, but I just, I just yeah. enjoy her character arc quite a bit. I just wish that she had the agency uh, at the end of the, well, not the end of the film, but you know, whenever she breaks things off with Scott. Yeah. And that should have ha- that. Uh, I guess it wouldn't really have made sense if they stayed, if they didn't date in the first place. I was like, she just should have pissed him off from the start. <laughs> yeah. It just seems that, I yeah, wish... there's so much toxicity in her relationships, but it's good to see that she was at the end, like, no, this is where it ends. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I did. And that, I enjoy that too, is that the, it, it, for a movie that's got a bunch of assholes in it, you know, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're assholes. I do enjoy most of, I enjoy all of the, all of the characters with the exception of Scott. Yeah. Um, <laughs> including the like asshole, uh, Chris Evans and I can't remember the name of the guy who plays Todd. Um, um, Brandon Ruth R O U T H. I wouldn't know how to pronounce that. Ralph. Yeah, sure. I think it's Ralph. It looks like South with an R, so I'm going to say yeah. Ralph. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like I like all of these characters. I think they're funny and, and enjoyable. Um, I lost my train of thought. Wallace should have been, this should have been about Wallace. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I just love that the night that Scott has uh, Ramona over to make garlic bread. And, you know, like he's he's got the great one-liners, you know, the bread makes you fat. Like there's just things that even to this day people can quote it and you know where it's from. Mm-hmm. You just know. And I think that there's just so much tangibility in this script that you know everybody our age knows where these quotes come from and who scott pilgrim is it's amazing um but i love that wallace is like i'm gonna go stalk my future husband and i was like oh my god this is me (laughs) that's yeah that that's a good um a good example of what like especially today i feel like everybody on like especially twitter has embraced their embrace their inner Wallace yeah because we are vote we are very very upfront about being a little crazy you know and Wallace just he just embraces being crazy like not even he's not even crazy he's just honest yeah no but you know what I mean though like saying things yeah. like that's my future husband oh yeah and then going to stock yeah. then <laughs> going to stock a man at his his work Granted, he's a movie star or whatever, but I mean, there's, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've definitely been the kind that found, like, saw a cute boy at, um, like, Target. And I make up every excuse I can to go to Target three times that week. <laughs> just so definitely that I can, like, that in be, my like early 20s. <laughs> be, like, reading a bot, like, reading a thing of deodorant, like, reading, and then, like, looking over and, like, trying to see if he looks over so I can have an end to talk or whatever. Like, I've been there. And that's something that people, I think, before might have... I don't know. How how long has it been socially acceptable to to act like that? Because I feel like today that's not even weird. (laughs) I don't feel like that's weird. 
no, I, I, I find that kind of stuff funny because I don't know, maybe my sense of humor is just a little bit skewed to the weirdest stuff. So I'm like, yeah, go do it. Off you go. Bye. Yeah. Have fun. I feel like people back in the back in the back in the day were probably more, uh, you know, what's the word? Like they're more cautious of of doing things that might be seen as as uh, uh, inappropriate or something. And then, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was a whole that was a whole tangent. My bad. So, <laughs> um, so after he after Scott has broken up with knives. Um, Finally, yeah, he's oh. actually him and Ramona start to kind of actually like. I think she starts to actually take interest in him. Yeah. Um. Did you see that coming? For her to like, I feel like she's like she got interested in him pretty quickly. I feel like she was kind of like, "I'll give this a go." You think that's okay? That that sounds like, that sounds more right. I feel like maybe she wasn't as into it as what he was. So it's more like a she's not that into you kind of vibe, but she's mm-hmm. gonna see where it goes. That's fair. Because I feel like he was the obsessed one, and she was like, "Uh, okay, we'll see." So the um, the second evil ex is Lucas, right? Yeah, played by Chris Evans. Yeah, and they have uh, <laughs> the way that they have this fight with his stunt doubles is just amazing. I love so, it. So yes, it's very, <laughs> it's uh, it's very uh, exciting to me to think that there could be so many people who look like Chris Evans at once <laughs> punching me in the neck. Just full on here for it. punching you in the throat. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at, I just looked up some pictures and I'm like, these guys really like, really could all kick my ass and I'd be I'd be happy. honored yeah <laughs> not just happy honored <laughs> I love it so um with the with the Lucas Lee fight um because I'm I don't know that I'm going to go through each each individual well maybe <laughs> there's only there's only six there's only six left I don't know um <laughs> the Lucas Lee fight I think is my second favorite yeah. And I think honestly it's because of the uh the way that they they kind of like use Lucas's um penchant for being a show off as yeah. his demise yeah. as he's going down this what do they call the the stairs it's the like a, the railing? Just a railing isn't it? Yeah, but they yeah. they call it something. Oh, grinding. It's a stage no, technique. Is that what you mean? The, they they have a name for the staircase and I I made a oh. I thought I made a note of it and I didn't. I don't. Know. Oh well. Um, but it was something. It was just something kind of dumb and goofy, uh, that I thought was cute. But so he's like, the like obviously the staircase is unsafe. This this stairwell, uh, railing is not safe. It's very long, and he's like, I'm not going to do that. And Scott's like, Yeah, but there are girls watching. Yeah. And then he's like, well, okay. And he gets, he does it. And it like has like the, the miles per hour meter at the bottom. Um, and he's like going like three, 400 miles an hour. And then he, he, you know, he crashes and there's a big explosion. But I thought that was like stupid cute. And then the director's like, all right, y'all, that's a wrap. Yeah. 
And then over. Scott, like, heaps Devo that he didn't get his autograph. Yeah, because that um, he, and then also I think Ramona, I think Ramona dipped out. She just ghosts. She's like, yeah, she just, like, oh, she's sorry. like, bye. So the uh, the next fight is with Todd, which <laughs> he's the super powered vegan. He this got is his powers. My favorite this fight. The, I was just about to ask you how you felt about this because I wanted there to be, um, I think this is probably the funniest of yeah. them all. As an ex vegan. But- I will tell you right now, this fight cracks me up. Him, fi- him finding out that he ate uh, what was the th- what was the the things that he had eaten that got him kicked out of the vegan society uh, or whatever? A chicken, uh, chicken parmigiana, I think. Or yes, eggs. that's the one. Because the, says... the vegan police show up. And strip him of his powers, and they're yeah. like, "You had chicken parmesan," and he's like, "Chicken's not vegan." Yeah, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Because Scott can't Scott can't fight him at yeah. this point. Like he just keeps getting dunked on repeatedly, yeah. and um, he's like getting thrown through walls and like punched up into the like punched up to space, and his way to take him down is to offer him a coffee. Um, my, you know, he's he's a psychic, so he can read Scott's mind, and Scott's like, "Oh yeah, well, I was just really thinking hard that I put the cream or whatever it was in this coffee, so that you would take that coffee. But actually, this is the one. Oh, that and doesn't it's like a big cream. game, and he's like, "This is the real milk coffee." <laughs> yeah, and it's like a big brain, like a big brain play, and. Yeah. Then the the vegan police like break down a brick wall to come in there with like little laser gun things drawn. Remind me of and Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's very that or like Men in Black. Yeah. So he loses yeah. all of his vegan powers and uh, then explodes into coins. And he's dating Scott's ex, who yes. I haven't even talked about. Who is Envy um, Adams? Yes, Envy Natalie. Envy Adams, and that's Brie yeah. Larson's character. Um, and, and she's in a band called Clash at Demon Head, which Knives yes. Chow is absolutely obsessed with, and that Scott tries to avoid at all cost. <laughs> yes, understandably, because uh, she 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 just kind of like dumped him, and there that like that's his that's his. I wouldn't really say that she's his evil ex, but you yeah. know he he despises her quite a bit, but also wants her back a little bit. Which too. I thought was also really um, not my favorite part of the script that he, see Ramona doesn't say anything about her exes. She only says, you know, this is the story that happened with us. And then the way that Scott acts about his ex-girlfriend is the complete opposite of how Ramona speaks about hers. How do you mean? He like calls her an evil bitch at some point and that oh, you know yeah. he ruined his, she ruined his life and it's just like, oh my gosh, you're twenty-three years old, like sit down and shut the fuck up. Like don't talk shit on your exes. Yeah, well that's I think that, that harkens back to the way that he treats women in general. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's very much like he doesn't take responsibility. Um he's a twenty three year old man, so yeah. I'm not surprised. No. Um I once too was a twenty-three-year-old man, so it's fine. Yeah. But I think that that's I think that's what his issue is, and it shows that he's not mature enough yet for a relationship, and especially with someone as uh, 
I would think I think that Ramona's pretty mature for the you know she's she's gone she's done a lot of stupid things and she realizes that and there were consequences like having seven people get together and create a um a whole organization hell bent on making sure she can't date anybody else yeah but she's you know she's um she's doing good yeah also in that scene before <laughs> before this um I love uh this one scene where knives it's like absolutely i don't like the fact that she was punched in the head in the face by todd but the fact that her highlights were like punched out of her hair yes and young neil's like you punched the highlights from her hair and he's like devastated that was a really cool visual element to this too yeah i really enjoyed like obviously like you said i don't enjoy watching her getting punched but Something like that happening is just so, like, so kind of, it's just dumb, but, like, in a good way. Yeah. Like, to see it. And then the reaction from the, the guy that she's kind of dating. Yeah. Um, being so over the top, like, this is the thing that he liked the most about her, and now it's gone. That's what I kind of <laughs> got from it. So. Which, like, men do that as well. They, like, yeah. uh, fetish, I can't say the word, fetishize. Like, fetishize. Do- aspects that women like things that women do and it's just the weirdest thing in my brain because i'm just like what i don't get it like i'm not surprised by this but i'm also a a queer person so we fetishize everything (laughs) like full disclosure we do we 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 fetishize everything i'm just talking about how weird men are like yeah, no, men. they are straight cis men. Yeah. Are fucking weird. Straight cis men are weird. That's one thing about straight about straight men that I can understand though is the uh, the partialism and fetishization because yeah. I see it all the time. But yeah, yeah that's absolutely. the only that's the only time you'll ever hear me even kind of defend a straight man in my life. And to so my one straight yeah. male listener, if you're out there, um, you'll be fine. We'll talk. We can talk about it. At me. We can talk about it. That's fine. Actually, don't. I don't need. I don't need straight men in my replies. <laughs> You can if you send it if you if you want to send me a note send it with a twenty it will be good. I'll listen to anything you have to say if you slip me a twenty. Damn it! I really just like rip myself off. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Straight cis men. If you're if you're gonna talk, say it with a twenty. I'll listen. I want to hear what you have to say, but I also want money. And yeah. I can't I can't have one or the other. It needs to be both. Actually, I can't have one or the other. If you just want to give me a 20, that's also fine. <laughs> Keep your opinion yeah. to yourself. Yeah. I'm 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 very flexible in that way, I think. So I also anyway. want $20. Send us so it's right there. See, we can I'll do the math for them so they don't have to. $40. Yeah. Um, you can make it out to TJF and Really Queer, and we'll figure out we'll we'll split it, and then we then you can say whatever you want to us. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you ever have a complaint about either of our podcasts, feel free to send us twenty dollars and let us know what you think. <laughs> also, twenty US dollars equals like twenty four Australian dollars, so I actually earn money on it. So please feel free to send. Yeah, that's that's great, actually. <laughs> Where were we? I was just like, I'll have you. I was like, wait, 
I thought I was big brain for a second. I was like, so I could send my money to Australia and have Australia send it back to me <laughs> and then spend it and have more. And then I was like, wait, no, because yeah. it would it would just it would just go through the same process. Yeah. You'd probably lose money on the like I'd lose money. On the exchange. Yeah. I thought I was being clever over here. I don't understand how the world works. I need to go to bed. <laughs> um so anyway, so uh, after Todd is defeated and he is stripped of his uh, cool vegan psychic powers and is defeated, destroyed, turned into coins, um, Scott then has to fight uh, Roxy, yes, who is one of my favorite exes, not just because of the choreography of the fight, which I think is extremely good, um, but this is also the only one that uh, Ramona gets into. Yes, because Scott refuses to fight a girl. Yeah. Um, and she, like, the I think that one of the reasons why I like, why I like her so much, Roxy, I mean, um, is because of her, her failed jokes. Like, she tries to do, like, this cool bad guy dialogue, and no one knows what the fuck she's talking it about. It just falls flat every time. It just That's falls me. flat every time. And I'm, yeah, that's what I was, whenever I was watching, I was like, with my fucking luck, this would be me as a, yeah. like, as like a bad guy. No one knows what I'm talking about. People just been like, what? What? And I'll be like, don't think about it. Don't think too hard about it. Yeah. Or, or, or worse, explaining all of my, all of my jokes. Like an what? idiot. <laughs> Giving people way too much time. Yeah. To, uh, to plan how they're going to whoop my ass completely. Yeah. Um. I have problems with this fight. Um, Do you really? But not because not the fight, um, the scripting. And I think it's really important to bring up the fact that uh, some of the scripting is and contributes to the concept of by erasure. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it does. Yeah. So it is a it is a little bit problematic. But once again, you know, it's two thousand and ten. Um, but it kind of does fetishize like this whole. Um, men with their whole lesbian obsession and fixation um so the fact that you know Ramona said he um finds out that she had dated Roxy and she's like oh yeah it was just a phase yeah I didn't like that usage either yeah and it just really sucks obviously at the time um I didn't understand a lot about bi erasure and how it is contributed to by both, you know, um, cis straight people and also the LGBT community as well. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was, I, I mean, 2010 me was saying things like try before you buy, like, oh. I know, like, I fully know what, like what gay people used to like before we're educated and understood and had listened to by people about how those things made them feel. Yeah. Um, that's another, like, we came back to it again, and I feel like we're going to keep doing this, where 2010 us was so different from 2020 us, and I think that the difference is that we're just more compassionate now. Yeah, absolutely. And we're and listening to that. one another. Yeah. I mean, like, bi still occurs because men will fetishize any relationship between females and think that... Yes, they will. It's... I just I don't like, ex- I definitely don't excuse it by any no. means, but I I understand how it happens. I just yeah. it's one of those things where um, we have to look at our, I, and I I say this knowing, f- it's a little hard. It's hard to explain 
and it could be taken the wrong way, but you have to look at your kinks and you have to identify if those kinks exist for a, a bad reason. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that any, I don't think that anybody is bad for having a kink. I think it's the way that you explore that kink yeah, or definitely. let that kink impact others. If it's yeah. a, you know, like when men will say to their partners, you know, let's have a threesome, but they're fully against another man joining in with, you know, their dynamic already. It's only another woman allowed in that kind of stuff is just like, yeah, I don't, I hate it. <laughs> it. It's it's not even borderline. It's fully gross. And here's why, yeah. because it is not for the woman. Yeah. Well, then... At all. It is, it is not for her. This is yeah. a, you are asking her for a threesome, but you are not thinking about what she would want. You are only thinking about you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah, that is gross, isn't it? Yeah. It's like saying only women are, women are only there for sexual purposes rather than for everybody to have an enjoyable experience. Yes, if a man if a man tells if a man tells a woman that he's he wants to he's he's unhappy with their sex life or whatever he wants to explore this kinky thing, um, such as a threesome, and she's like, I could be into that. And he's like, but uh, no men. Yeah. Immediately, you're asking her to do something that you're not yourself willing to do. Exactly. And you're asking her to do it for you're trying to bring it up like a cool thing that they can do together, but really, it's just something for you. Just I just can't vibe. Yeah. No, no, that's a no vibe from me, which is, uh, yeah. So that's why I just, I found the scripting a little bit problematic because there's nothing wrong with being bisexual. So I don't think they really needed to include the whole her saying it was a phase and him being like, you had a sexy phase. Yeah. I forgot about that. I didn't even clock. I didn't even clock that in the the movie that he called it that. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, well, I'm really glad that I'm dating an adult and my partner never says that to me. <laughs> yeah, that would be um, that would be a, a definite immediate conversation would need to be had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but other than that, the fight is really well choreographed. Roxy's uh, the stuff she says, like your BF is going to get effed in the B. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like what? <laughs> they're all like what that's that's i'm telling you like on the spot needing to say something cool yeah and i know you've i know i know because we've talked long enough for me to already be able to tell you do this too you think of something really cool after an argument or something oh yeah and you're like damn it and i think almost everybody <laughs> does it she is that girl but she takes the risk of saying the dumb thing yeah before thinking it through yeah, she's just like I'm. I'm yeah. gonna lean in and say it. I don't care. I'm going for it. I'm going for it, guys. I'm going for it. <laughs> she's yeah, so the funny. I really do like her character, and the actress is like her aesthetic is really like she's definitely queer. Like the way she dresses, the Wait, makeup the on her eyes. No, like the um character's aesthetic, like oh, as okay. Roxy. Um. Like the way she has her hair, just everything about her. I was like, "You are an icon. I love you." Yeah, no, she, her, her. Uh, other than I will say, other than Envy, because Envy is a sir. Yeah. I think she's the. I think she's my favorite um, costumed costume diva in this movie. Yeah, she's Hands cool. Down. 
she is me like all black she's got like a cape style jacket and fingerless gloves and like mm-hmm. massive boots and i was like this is me you are you are dressed like i want your outfit please just put it on me i miss um i miss fingerless gloves why, why don't you just wear them i don't know <laughs> i always i used to have a pair of um blue pokemon fingerless gloves in high school oh that's cool. um it was very like the hot topic era like the yeah as the hot topic era became less of a like gothy and more into like teeny gothy which is what i was like i've seen seen kids that yeah. um yeah i had like these cool like fingerless gloves that had like ash and pikachu on them and i was like these are so comfortable and then today we don't wear them and i'm always i i wear I wear gloves like often now, especially with as cold as it's been. Yeah. And they're like, they're like dad gloves. Like they're, they're <laughs> definitely practical. Most of what I wear today is practical. Oh, it's never um, cold enough to wear like full on gloves here. So, well, it hasn't been the uh, last yeah, few years. That's fair. Climate For a second, I forgot you were in, that you were in sunny, sunny, lovely Australia. Well, I definitely wouldn't want to put gloves on right now. Um... I forgot where we we're up to. Roxy fight. I'm just, yeah, I was just looking <laughs> to see. Oh, I couldn't remember who, what happened next. Is this where, where they meet? No, they've already met Envy. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's right. So this is whenever he has the, the fight with Ramona um, about her exes. And yeah. she breaks up with him, right? Is after this? Uh, okay. Well, he, it says here that he, they went to a band meeting because they're going up against some, like, amazing band. The um, it, They're called the Katayangi Twins. That's Katayangi right, yep. Twins, which are really freaking cool. Um, so there's another battle between them. They're, like, electric DJs, and they end up having a fight with like these really electric monsters with like lights and electricity and that fight's mm-hmm. really cool as well which means that the fifth and sixth evil exes are defeated um they're and... actually twins in real life by are the they way. really mm-hmm. oh that's cool imagine yeah. being cast with like really your bro about them. pardon um i couldn't really find anything about them though yeah i was looking because i was like I thought they were cute. And I was like, oh my God, I want to fair on like Instagram. <laughs> I couldn't find anything. <laughs> it's Kita Saito and Shota Saito. Yeah. I can't they don't have. Names. They don't have, um, they don't have Wikipedia pages either. Cause that's where I oh, went. That's kind of upsetting. Yeah. Well, they should get an Instagram. <laughs> I haven't, like I Googled them too and I couldn't find like shit about them. So. I was disappointed, but um, but yeah. So those two, that like that's that's a really cool fight. I I didn't really include it in like my best of, um, only because it was all CGI. Does oh, that make sense? This part you didn't like. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. I like all yeah. of the fights. I would. I still put this one definitely before the first. Um, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, one. The, the hipster. <laughs> the hip, that that was a it's a hard sell for me, but um. <laughs> I enjoyed this. I think it looks great. It looks it looks clean, especially for like 2010. I wouldn't expect something to yeah. look that cool, and it, they they definitely did that. I also enjoy that it's um, music based. It feels like playing, you know, those rhythm games, yeah, and like DS and stuff. It felt very much like 
the DS rhythm games. There was this game on the DS where your stylus was the the guitar pick. Yeah. And you were like playing your DS like it was a guitar. It was weird. I love those um, games. But I loved yeah, I loved it. Um and I like I, I don't like rhythm games today as much, but I really enjoyed them at the time that this movie was made. Back yeah. in the, the days of well, again, the days of the DS. Um I thought that was really fun. So I enjoyed this, but I didn't put it in my top, mostly because there's not really a lot of choreography. Yeah, um, it was just the... Or, and it's mostly CGI. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And I usually have a problem with CGI, but... And all of the... Like, usually whenever I have a problem with CGI, it's usually horror-related. Um, like, yeah. I don't like, like CGI <laughs> blood and stuff. So it's hard for me to, like, divorce myself from, uh CGI, because this is a completely different situation. Yeah. And it works really well here. So I don't dislike it. It's just not my favorite of the fights. Yeah. Um, honestly, my favorite fight uh, would definitely be between, like, obviously the Chris Evans and Roxy. <laughs> but I really enjoy, I think they did a great job with the climactic fight against Gideon, which is coming up soon. Yeah. I like that like, fight. Like, that was incredibly choreographed and I enjoyed the way that they uh, utilized knives as well. Knives yeah. the character. Yeah, she's cool. She um I like that she does come back to kind of vouch for Scott in the end. Yeah. She has no reason to. <laughs> no reason at all. She had no reason at all, but it was sweet and it just shows that she's um uh, much more mature than Oh yeah. than given credit <laughs> for. You know, she's grown up during this during the process of this this movie, she's grown up. So yeah, it's cool. It seems like Scott's mm-hmm. the only one who really had to get over himself. To really get, yeah, yeah, he had the he had the hurdle. That's why he was the stupid pre- protagonist. Yeah, even Damn though it. we definitely we definitely deserved Wallace, but it's yes. fine. <laughs> um. So after breaking up with Scott, um, Ramona is seen hanging out with, or actually after breaking up with Scott and Scott defeating the Katayangi, Katayangi? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Twins. twins. Um, Scott is trying to get back together with Ramona and apologize. We actually have a moment here where Scott's trying to, trying to do the right thing, I think, by like admitting that, you know, the way that he talked to her wasn't cool. Yeah. Um, And you kind of see like the, the beginnings of him starting to kind of get it. That he's um, a complete dickhead. He's a complete dickhead. <laughs> and Ramona's kind of cold to him. Um, and she's just kind of like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm with Gideon now. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that scene, my heart. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I watching this, have, having seen it before, I couldn't remember how it I was like, doesn't he have her under like some kind of mind trick spell? I couldn't remember that it was literally on the back of her neck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Gideon comes and he's he's very in Scott's face about it. Um, he does that like fake, fake nice friend buddy thing where Ugh. he's like, "Hey friend, oh, I hate let that. me just sign your band to a record deal." And Scott refuses. Um, and everybody else, like all of his friends, immediately like, "Well, fuck you, Scott." We'll and take young sign- deal. <laughs> yeah, we'll take Young Neil, and they they sign the the record deal contract, and uh, Gideon leaves with Ramona in his car, his very nice stretch car, um, 
and invites Scott to his venue at the Chaos Theater, where Sex Babon is playing. Yeah. Um, I liked, I really enjoyed this too, whatever Scott, because Scott goes home to uh, Wallace, and Wallace kind of hype, hype mans him. Yeah, about, he does like the good friend thing. Yeah, which is one of the moments where we actually see him being a, like a good friend, because most of the time he's just trying to get Scott out. Not that I wouldn't be doing the exact same thing. But... So, so he can bang. <laughs> yeah, because he just wants he just wants to fuck. <laughs> so he um, he he gets Scott kind of hyped up, and you know, tells him that he needs to go. He needs to go kick Gideon's ass. Yeah. Um. So Scott runs to the the theater, uh, where Sex Bomb is playing, and he tells them that they are really good without him they sound better without him and he compliments young young neil yeah um who up to this point everybody's just kind of like treated like he was just kind of there because wasn't he like back up to scott like he was like he lit rehearsal but he literally didn't play unless scott was was not there no there's a scene where um they're all talking to one another it's when scott first starts dating ramona and they're all saying she better not be coming here like we've got to practice we've got the battle of the bands coming up and then there's a ring at the door and it's ramona and he literally just puts his base on young neil and he's like young neil knows my parts and leaves that's right yeah and it's just like what you're such an asshole (laughs) but um So they play and Scott goes to fight Gideon um, and he's trying to win Ramona back. So this was a really, this is another reason why I like the, this, this climactic scene is that he's learning, he's learned a lesson to this point, right? Um, But he's about to learn more lessons because he goes and he's going to fight for Ramona and he gets the power of love sword. Yeah. Um, It's a really cool sword. It is a very cool sword, but he has to do this. He has to do this again, kind of like a Groundhog Day moment. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's because Knives interrupts the battle, attacking Ramona. Is that right? Yeah, because she's and... just like, "You broke Scott's heart. Like, I'm coming for that's you." That's right. So he reveals that he cheated on both of them. Um, Gideon kills Scott, and Scott's in like some kind of desert, like <laughs> mind place, like Harry Potter at the train station. um it's very that to me and ramona is his his uh dumbledore and like comes (laughs) and she reveals that she's got a microchip in her neck yeah um and that's why she's with gideon um so i i don't think i mentioned this earlier scott got an extra life after defeating the twins yes um so using that extra life he re-enters the chaos theater uh, and he is once again going to fight Gideon. Um, but this time he's not doing it to win back the girl or, you know, anything like that. He's doing it for himself and he gains the power of self-respect and gets a nice little sword for that as well. I wish he also um, he... got like respect for other people while he was at yes, it. Yes, honestly. Yes. <laughs> um, but I feel like he does. I feel like he does kind of get that at the end. Um, oh, and, whenever he but yeah okay so before i get there so because we're all we're like really close so he apologizes to ramona and knives for cheating on them um so that knives doesn't blame ramona and doesn't fight like isn't spending her time fighting ramona and said they they team up um and defeat gideon yeah 
which is really cool. Ex- impeccably choreographed fight scene. Like whenever he's fighting all of the the minions or whatever at the beginning. So this this is this fight's in two parts. Part one being uh, before he gets killed. Part two being after he comes back. And both times, I think my favorite part of this is whenever he's doing all of the, um, the the fighting against all of the random like security people or minions or whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. He just turns them all into coins. I love that effect too of of them busting in. It's so to, cool. Like tokens. Yeah. Um, like arcade tokens, and <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, this is impeccable. This is like Kill Bill level choreography. Yeah, it's it's like um super smooth. Yeah, just very um like there's oh, I don't even know the word. Um cohesive. Yeah, it's it flows really well. That's the one. <laughs> it has a lot of like it has a lot of cutting back and forth just because of the way that the director uses angles and um like the comic booky kind of gig, but Yeah. This felt like watching a, um, you know, the, you know, in video games where you have like the cinematic scenes, but you have to hit the button in time for the cinematic to continue without you dying. Oh, yeah. 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 What are those called? Time? Oh, I don't know. Um... I can't remember. But anyway, they're like, they're like uh, the Tomb Raider anniversary employed it with the fight against the, um, the t-rex resident evil i think has done it yeah um like it's very it's a very common thing but that's what this felt like watching Um, like a video game kind of yeah this whole movie feels like watching a spliced version of like a video game and a movie yeah Um, it's awesome yeah very 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 cool so they defeat gideon and uh free freed from uh gideon's control Ramona is about to leave. Um, and this is where I think that the respect for others kind of comes into play is because Ramona is about to leave and Scott is trying to, I think, make things right with knives. Yeah. By staying with her. Yeah. I don't think that's the best thing for either of them. Uh, definitely but... not. <laughs> Because that's gross still. But I think he's like trying to make it right. But Knives being the mature uh, good girl that she is, she is like, actually, I'm too cool for you. You should go after her. (laughs) And he runs off and joins Ramona. And they are going to, um, I guess they're just going to travel together is what I got. I don't know. They just go through a random door and see Elena. Yeah. They didn't really say, but she was leaving. Um, And they didn't really say like what she's, she's just, they're just going to try again. So I didn't know if maybe, maybe the books went into more detail about this. I I think it does. I've only read the first one or two. But I think there's like, but at the start of the film, Ramona Flowers does talk about how Scott Pilgrim's head is a great subspace highway where she can travel between um, cities quicker or like different streets faster. So she uses his head. (laughs) I do remember. I was like, uh, I love that. that. So 
that's the that's the the plot gist. I didn't go into super detail about everything, but that's the plot gist of Scott Pilgrim. It's definitely um, worth watching. I wanted to go over some of the things that I wanted to acknowledge um, from my takeaways, and then uh, do you have do you have any that you want to do as well? I brought mine like up some... about the um the bioerasure and fetishization of lesbian relationships. That was my takeaway from the entire film perfect okay i don't have too too many so we should probably wrap up here in a minute then i think um one i somehow i'm a i love anna kendrick i always forget she's in this she plays such a great role though (laughs) she does it's a small it's a small role but a a a very cute one for her and somehow despite me being i i i consider myself a, a pretty big fan of hers like I, I, I watch her, um, she did the Kennedy Honor Center, uh, for, um, my brain just completely farted. Sweet Charity. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll have to send you the link. It's amazing. Yeah. She, she did such a good job. Um, but I watched that like multiple times a year, like a re- like, <laughs> like I'll sit in the car at, Kro- like I'll be in the car at the grocery store, like. And I'll be like randomly thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God, I got to watch that. And I'll just sit there and watch the entire thing because it's, it's that good. I love um, stuff like that. And I also love her and in Into the Woods whenever they made that into a movie. I love that movie. I don't think I've seen that. It's really, really good. It's really long though, but it's, it's oh, really good. Oh, I no. have the stage play version and the movie version. If you ever want to, if you ever get a wild hair in your ass that you want to watch the Song <laughs> High musicals, I will gladly... Point. A wild hair in your ass. What the hell is that? I don't know. My mom says it. <laughs> yeah. Like you ever get a wild hair in your ass? Or H-A-I-R? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I always thought it was oh H-A-I-R. I don't, I don't think my mom would call a, a rabbit a hair, but she might have also gotten it from her mother. I don't know. I say a lot of her, amazing. her little random things. Uh, now I'm going to have to look it up because I'm curious why I say it. <laughs> I just repeat shit my parents said, which is sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Um, so my other one was the, um, I kind of already went over the Juno, the Juno-isms of this, like the rapid fire dialogue. Yeah. Um, I think that is the real thing that's going to keep this movie like a, like a reverent, returnable film yeah absolutely the rewatchability because the script is so a relatable b rememberable and c just hits that level of satire cynicism sarcasm Mm -hmm. and just it's just super quick and the interactions are always really funny um it's just really it's just great i don't know who wrote the script for this but I don't know if it was Edgar Wright as well. Um, but yeah, they did a brilliant job on this. This was written by, um, co-written, produced and directed by Edgar. Okay. Um, I don't know if the, because it says co-written, I don't know if the other co-writer was the person who wrote the book. I mean, that'd be that very impressive for them to have brought that person in you would hope they would yeah <laughs> make it more Especially authentic for like a, make it more authentic and i feel like this 
I I um I asked someone in the the Discord the other day. I was like, so can we talk about Scott Pilgrim for a second? And because uh, I didn't know the books at all, um, I was like a few questions just because I I wanted to know like from another perspective, does the book is the movie true to the book, like the book series? Because I think it was like a it was like a comic book series, right? Basically yes. like a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, I was like, does it feel like they they did what they should have? Does it as a fan of the of the books? Does it feel like the movie did a good job? Are you proud of the movie? And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's um, really good to hear. And yeah, you never hear that. Like no, <laughs> ever. That's the not books, a thing. <laughs> the books are never done are never never done right by the movies typically. So it was cool yeah. to hear that the the Scott Pilgrim movie did that. Um, I wish I knew if it was the co written by the maker of the book, but yeah, unfortunately, I did not see that information out there, and I didn't think to look super hard. <laughs> Me neither. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was a crazy. It was a crazy week. Um, oh yeah. So anyway, yeah. So that was the. Um, that was about everything I have for Scott Pilgrim. Um, yeah. I guess if I had to recommend it to anybody, I would recommend that you go in. And keep your twenty twenty goggles, or I guess twenty twenty one goggles nearby, but strap them also, on. Yeah, but also be aware that. In order to enjoy this, you have to you have to go into this thinking, this was made in 2010. Yeah. yeah. So as long I as mean, you can do that, you can R enjoy word. this movie. Someone drops yeah. the R word, and I was like, oh, I hate that <laughs> word so much. <laughs> that was one of my one of my uh, the use of the R slur dot dot dot. Oh, no extremely thanks. unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. And also, how does Scott have so many X's? <laughs> that was another one of my my stray thoughts. I'm like watching this. I'm like, how does this, how does this nerd have all these X's? He sucks. <laughs> but oh well, there's also, Kim. Wasn't there Julie? I think he dated Julie at one stage. Yeah, and um, Envy. Plaza. Yeah, she's my favorite. Yeah. Envy, and then of course Knives. Yeah, and briefly Ramona. So, so yeah, odd. it just seems like a it just seems like a lot for a lot for Scott. Yeah, look for a really mediocre man. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's um that's Scott Pilgrim. Definitely a recommend um from me as yeah. long as as long as you can follow the previous guidance. Also, um I think this movie will be something that we're going to talk be still be talking about in like twenty, thirty years. Oh no doubt. Um in the same right as Rocky Horror. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Don't get too ahead of yourself with that. <laughs> I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but listen. I'm not saying that they're comparable. I'm saying that the I feel like this movie is going to be looked at because it's a cult. It's already a cult favorite. Yeah. At only 11 years old. Um, I feel like this is going to be something that's going to be kind of a time capsule of that of uh, the dialogue is a time capsule of a time that we of like um, scripting that we don't see anymore. I can't think of the last time I saw a movie that made me go, oh, Juno, you know? Yeah. And Juno was um, really great as well. That's with, It really um, was. I love that. With Elliot, I can never remember his last Elliot name. Elliot Page. Page. It's such a simple mm -hmm. last name. Why can't I get it right? <laughs> it is a really simple one, but... What's wrong yeah, with no. me? <laughs> that's... I f and I think that that's another example, too, of a movie that's going to be... Um, kind of a, a cult classic that we're going to be talking about years and years down the road. 
Yeah. Because I... of the way that they, like, it's a very specific time. Yeah. Where we had that kind of writing. We had a bunch of movies that popped up like that. Yeah. Um, it was a good time so. for movies. Yeah, I, I, I think that the the 2010 like the years preceding and um, that came after 2010 were probably the the best for media in general. And the reason why I say that is I feel like the best video games came out around that around that time. I think we got like I think we got Skyrim. Yeah. In like 2013. I think maybe 2012. Was it 12? Okay. Um, we had some of the, I think, I think some of the best music of the last, um, the last 20 years. I mean, I was, was still listening to, um, Discovering the Waterfront by Silverstein, even in 2010s. <laughs> huh. And all the Hawthorne Height album. So like my taste in music hasn't changed since I was 13. Um, so I wouldn't know. I... 2010 was my would-be graduation year and I remember that was the year um like around the time that Kesha, (gasps) Katy Perry, um Dev, do you remember Dev? No. She had that like a G6 song. Okay I know that song. I didn't know that was very it was like a very electronic era um uh Rihanna has still was still making music if Rihanna if you're listening please come back um, Drake had just gotten started. Nicki Minaj had just started like taking off real hard. Yeah, because she did so, that collaboration with Rick Ross and Kanye. Yep, that was the year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I feel like that was just a really good time for music. Oh, yeah. it was also the year we got Justin Bieber's Baby, which whether <gasps> you hate it or love it, it is okay. a pop. It was a it was a pop culture moment. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge Justin Bieber fan. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, same. I I won't say it out loud except for right now that I just did it on my podcast. But yes, same. <laughs> don't, I won't tell anyone. It's fine. Thank you. Also, I love so, Kesha. Um, I recently went and saw her in concert. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I went and saw her in 2019. I'm so jealous. Oh, I never get to God. go. Do, I never get to go to concerts and see like. I really wanted to go during her Warrior uh, album. I loved Warrior, and it, it, yeah, it's too bad that she doesn't really like it. Um, you know, I think it was just a really shitty time in her life, to be honest. Yeah, I don't blame her. No, it, I don't blame her either. I just I, I, that was one of my favorite musical moments was was the Warrior era. Yeah, um, she um she did heaps off Rainbow. So when she played Praying, I was just. A fucking wreck. Yeah, I remember I that. Like, yeah. That dropped on the internet, and I remember, like the Twitter as a collective lost their shit because yeah. they were like, "Holy shit!" Like I had always told people that she could sing. Yeah, she's amazing. Like Harold song, girl. The vocals, yeah. she has the chops. But girls only ever heard her doing like the, I say the girls. Everybody only heard her doing like TikTok, blah blah blah. Um. But she she has a great voice. Like this wasn't She's the music. Very talented. That, yeah. I don't think this is the music that she intended to make. But I won't even. I, I could I could talk about that for hours. Um, so I'll just say you know if if you haven't listened to Kesha's Harold song and yes. praying and you'll be oh. like wow this girl always had the talent. She got the she's got the lungs for it. I don't know what the I don't know what the word is that you say 
She's got the vocal cords. I don't, She's I don't, got the range. That's the one. <laughs> She's got the range. I know nothing about singing. Kesha, Kesha has the range. I'll just send I, you the video later of what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> Dang it, I don't know. My partner, who's like this heavily tattooed, long-haired, like hardcore dude, I took him to Kesha. <laughs> and he did loved the, did it. he enjoy it? Okay, he I was just about to say. It. He was just like, it was amazing. It was one of the like best because there was just so many cool effects and lights and fucking glitter everywhere and he just thought it was great was that like, would be a really good time i'm glad to know that she still has like the the glitter aesthetic oh glitter um, guns everywhere stunning love that, that. Cool. i'm pretty sure they were penises as well nice very uh very dead pet smiley tour vibe yeah i feel like it was definitely like she paid homage to a lot of her previous tours and um, content that she's done. Stunning. She's so cool. Well, Kat, thank <laughs> you so much for joining. I'm sorry that it took a, I think we've been recording for two hours now. I'm so That's sorry. Right. I meant to, this is supposed to, oh my God, it's two hours and 30 minutes. This is supposed to be, <laughs> I said, I'm going to start, <laughs> I'm going to start getting my stuff done in like 45 minutes to an hour and 15. And here oh. we are. But thank you so much again oh, for joining. I have, you. I always have a great time talking to you. I feel like I talk to you for hours and don't even realize time's passed. So that like gives me feels. You can't do that.